In a world with too much pop culture to consume, one man and one woman will argue about it until they get bored. It's an epic battle between obsession and indifference, and the winner will determine, well, very little actually, Eric Johnson and Emily Jones star in Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Whoever wins, we're still losers. Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with. And the other has never even seen. I'm Eric Johnson. And I'm Emily Jones. If this is your first time listening, you can find more Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob at gvnpodcast.com. And you can find all of our past episodes on iTunes and Google Play Music. Today, we are actually both noobs. We've decided what? We've decided that it's time for us to get on the cultural bandwagon. But that means we're going to need a guest geek, someone who is really into Hamilton. If only we knew someone like that. Hmm. Hey. Hey, guys. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, I didn't see you there. Hi. <laughs> who, who are you? I'm Amy Kayushian, and I am obsessed with Hamilton. And that's also your dog that's growling and, at us a little bit. Yes, Lulu. <laughs> sorry, I have a dog named Lulu who is obsessed with me. <laughs> Forgivable. So with a little help from Amy, we're embarking on Hamilton. Uh, In case you've been deep in a cave or something, Hamilton is the smash hit Tony and Grammy winning Broadway play about Alexander Hamilton. It casts the founding fathers as people of color and stages the revolution and early days of the U.S. in hip hop songs and rap battles. And neither of us have seen it. In fact, none of the three of us have seen Hamilton, but uh, neither you nor I, Emily, have heard the soundtrack. I have miraculously managed to avoid listening to this music for more than a year now, uh, even though I majored in U.S. history in college, so I have I, no idea how I pulled this off. I don't know how I pulled it off either, Because and and for, for reference, this has been on our to-do list for the podcast for a while, so oh, we yeah. have both self-banned we've both banned ourselves from listening to it i will admit i was exposed i have been exposed to some of it um because i had a i was months i was about to say recently it was actually many months ago but i uh was visiting harry potter world actually which is which is an unnecessary an unnecessary aside but uh but i was there with um there, there was a group of children that that I was there with, uh, and they <laughs> are obsessed with Hamilton. And they were like, it was like two twelve-year-olds and two nine-year-olds or something. And so they actually performed quite a bit of the Hamilton soundtrack, which is really the best me. way to listen to the Hamilton soundtrack. It's performed by a so, group of twelve-year-olds. So, like I'd heard Harry the Schuyler sisters before, performed <laughs> by a band, a band of middle schoolers. But <laughs> this is I my first say, time listening. I would say that is a great a great introduction it honestly really was it made me really excited as as like eric i also majored in history in college so i'm also a nerd about history and it made me <laughs> it made me pretty excited for like how excited this is making children about like some pretty like deep in the weeds history <laughs> but, yeah. but wait emily let's say hypothetically we don't have access to a group of middle schoolers so we can't listen to hamilton that way is there is there another way to, to get the to get the music here Unbelievably, yes. They released an original cast recording, so that's on Spotify, Amazon Prime, um, and also we discovered uh, that you can actually play the songs as you look at the lyrics on Genius, which is highly recommended. And for people who don't know, Genius is a service that lets you uh, look at the lyrics to music and then get sort of annotations and explanations, I guess, of like what's going on in a song. Some very in-depth ones. Yeah, so I mean, if you you need to, you know, freshen up on your American history, um, that's what we're 
we're doing for this episode is that Emily and I are going to listen to the soundtrack once, just in isolation, just the music. And then we're going to go back and listen to it again with the genius lyrics in front of us so that we can kind of, you know, go back and make sure we, we kind of got as much as we could. Uh, but Amy, before Eric and I go off and listen to our Hamilton for our very first time, how did you get into this? <laughs> um, so I was listening to a really great podcast called Another Round, which I am also obsessed with. It's such a great podcast. And the two women on that, Heaven and Tracy, are obsessed with Hamilton and I think one of them said you know I, I keep feeling like there's something new that I'm doing and then I realized no I'm just listening to Hamilton like people ask what are you up to and I'm like oh there's a new thing I'm doing is it a job is it a nope just listening to Hamilton a lot <laughs> and I was like man you know I gotta get in on this like if it's making people feel like this I need a I need something like that in my life. You need to join the club, join, join the cult. <laughs> I usually am very resistant to anything. Like, I am only reading Harry Potter for the first time now with my daughters. Wow. I resist being in any any cultural club, except Culture Club and <laughs> the band. <laughs> I would be in that. You were in Culture Club? Amazing. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you all about it uh, on the next episode of Things That Aren't True. <laughs> Welcome to Lies with Amy Keishan. <laughs> Two <laughs> lies Episode and a lie. one of 500, yes. <laughs> um, and I just, I sat, I listened to it once, and it was like, and you hear this from everybody. You're like, you sit down, you're like, okay, let's see what this is about. And then like, Two hours later, your legs are stiff. You realize you've been sitting in the same position and like your your hands are clenched <laughs> and you're like, what just happened? Oh, wow. And so we're was... in for something. Yeah, so it sounds like so we need to excited. get on this quick and go, go listen to this, I'm Emily. I'm so excited. Guys, you need to stop talking to me. You do not want to talk to me anymore. <laughs> you do, let no more time elapse before you go and listen to this okay. thing. Okay, we're okay, gonna okay go we do will. that right now. <laughs> go. We'll be back after the break. Hey. Well, the word got around. They said this kid is insane, man. Took up a collection just to send him to the mainland. Get your education. Don't forget from whence you came. And the world's gonna know your name What's your name, man? Alexander Hamilton My name is Alexander Hamilton And there's a million things I haven't done But just you wait just and we're back. We've just listened to the original Broadway cast recording of Hamilton, the twice. hit musical. Twice. We've listened to it twice, uh, which is amazing that I've avoided it for this long, as we were saying in the intro. Emily, I think you're the same way. You've heard a little bit more of it than I have. Um, but as we said in the intro, we've each listened to it uh, once on our own, and then again with the lyrics in front of us, with specifically with the genius lyrics in front of us. And Amy here, how many times ha- have you listened to Hamilton? Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god! More than more than twice. Would you would you guess? <laughs> How many times have you breathed? <laughs> I have no idea. I'll tell you this: I've listened to Act Act One way more than I've listened to Act Two. Interesting. The reason for that is one that I'm often listening with my daughters, who are um, six and seven years old, and they can't take Act Two. It's too sad. Too sad. Yeah. Yeah. And they they cannot they cannot stand it. And Honestly, like, I totally feel them. It is devastating. And just like... Because um, the guy died. Because the guy died. 
Oh, right. We didn't do the spoiler alert thing, but spoilers. Well, spoiler alert: Hamilton dies. I mean, like every. It's really that's what son dies too. Yeah, Philip, and that's what Penny was just. My dog. Yes, their kid yeah, Philip, Philip dies too, and it's it's. What? I think Penny's only heard that part once, and then she absolutely put an absolute moratorium on it. We are never ever listening to that again. It is too sad, and I freaking feel her. And yeah. I often am just like, you know, just like a lot of people have the urge to just turn off the sound of music after uh, <laughs> after the party, you know, after the kids go to sleep at the party. After that, it's all Nazis and running and terrible things. Yeah, no, you don't, you can stop there. You can just stop there. Um, you can Eric end. hasn't seen The Sound of Music. Yeah, it's on our list for what? a future episode. I know. I know. He's Eric. a Philistine. <laughs> so, so, yeah. This- Okay, okay. <laughs> there's, there's a ton of musicals I haven't seen. We'll get into that. But before we get to what I or Emily thought of Hamilton, uh, Amy, why don't you pick one thing that you that you love about this musical? So the book, it's... Okay, this musical it was inspired and is based on a, a, a biography of Hamilton. By Ron Chernow? Ron, written by Ron Chernow, uh, who, is an ab, who is a wonderful, wonderful historian. Just everything you want a historian to be. And he said that... He said in an interview that it's really that the American Revolution is such a dramatic time. So much stuff happened, and you really, really, really have to work to make it boring. <laughs> and that that's what the American school system oh has my God, done. That's so true. <laughs> that is very, right? very true. And it's a shame. I grew up in Morristown, New Jersey, which is where a lot of the business in Hamilton ha- It's where I. I I grew up in the actual town where Alexander meets Eliza. We've been to the house where they met. So only there's mannequins. There's a terrifying mannequin in the house, but that's another story. Oh, museums. <laughs> oh, museums. Um, and yet it was. And I went to Alexander Hamilton Middle School, and literally, I knew the only thing I knew about him was that he had once said, "Spare the rod and spoil the child." And I, so I didn't like him. I did. I had no idea who this person was. And if, I apologize. Lulu. It sounds like we'll Lulu agrees. So what I love about Hamilton is that it has taken a dramatic moment in history, given it back its drama and given it back to us as a story that means so much to the American people at this moment when, when we're in a dramatic moment in American history. Can you imagine if the law was still the same and the uh, runner-up for the presidency had to become the vice oh, president? Dear Can you imagine? God. <laughs> oh no! Oh my gosh! That was um, something that I like. I had learned a million years ago in high school, but it like you know. By, then you like, you my, relearn it. You relearn it yeah. when you actually have some perspective on the world. You relearn history and you go, oh, oh my gosh, <laughs> oh that must have been terrible. You know the stuff that happens with with Jefferson. I can't believe that really went on. It's so then you start like then not just looking at Alexander's life, but at everybody's life. You you start picking apart everybody's story. Uh, everybody knows Ben Franklin had like a weird dramatic life, but it wasn't that long ago, and it's it it makes it so present. And the thing that, and I sort of went down this rabbit hole of history um, and like Eliza lived 50 years longer after mm-hmm. after Alexander's death, um, Alexander, Eliza being his wife. And he died in his 40s and she lived into her 90s. She lived long enough to have photographs taken. Oh, wow. 
That's not that long ago. The Revolutionary War is not something that happened in distant history. This is recent history. This is great-grandparents. This is people we can touch. Well, you know see. that uh, John Tyler still has living grandchildren. That grandchildren? He... Yeah. That's crazy! <laughs> there are grandchildren of slaves still walking around. Oh, yeah. Slaves. Actual slaves who were owned by other people. This is so present. So, you know, so then it ties into so much of current events right now. And why are people angry? And why are people, you know... Well, it's because it, it just happened. It just happened. So... That's what I love about Hamilton is that it brings this immediacy and this drama to something that had been rendered dead and gives it life. And, and, and with it, the, 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 by also situating the story with hip hop music, music and yes. with kind of modern music. So it doesn't feel like a history lesson. It doesn't feel like right. a, you know, a boring like right. lecture, you know, that right. someone might have heard when they were young and just kind of tuned out. This is something right. it's, hard, even, it's hard to ignore. The- <laughs> or even if this isn't the first history musical, 1776... You know, I mean, yeah, but it's I've a musical a, musical. It's a musical. is a musical musical. Yes, it's Which, a dorky musical. As with most musicals, I haven't seen 1776, but I've been told that Mr. Feeney is in the movie movie version of it, which is my main association. <laughs> that with is it. true. Uh, yeah. Um, posing in this way, the the hip hop presentation of it like makes it makes it like more accessible to us, but it also sort of. Um, it makes the makes like parallels to our pre- to present day and to present day debates and struggles and current narratives like all the more uh, it 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 makes those parallels much more obvious because it's like wait we're putting this in in a language that's been used for all of these much more current struggles mm-hmm. and we can see how it's the same and not how, only that yes so like when they say how many when- parallels there are. When um, Hamilton and Lafayette say, immigrants, we get the job done, and they high five, everybody goes, yeah, that's exactly what happened. (laughs) But then it also, so it makes it modern, and it also takes our times and brings it back to that right. to that time. It, it, the whole thing becomes mushed together. Well, I think a lot of the time in history class, you kind of learn about, oh, the founding fathers, and they were these upstanding examples of blah, blah, blah. They seem like godlike kind of perfect beings, which is totally not true at all. No. I mean, that's something that this this show is one of many works. It's not like this is the first thing to talk about that, but this is the most accessible, I think, uh, work of pop culture to really bring that to the fore, is that, hey, these are complicated individuals who disagreed on a ton of things. They hated each other sometimes they said awful petty things about each other sometimes they were flawed human beings just like anyone else and so i think you know especially given that we're recording this shortly before a presidential election i was thinking Oof. constantly as i was listening to this about like you know about the way we view politicians and the way we talk about people in the media which of course is one of the big themes of the whole show is like history who tells your story um so, in any case, I, I, as it is probably obvious from the way I'm talking, uh, I, I really, really love this. So I did I. Yeah, we, both, we both just jumped right in, like, like, oh yeah, we're gonna jump in on all, on why we why we all collectively love this because it sounds like we all did. Yeah, it's crazy, no, I, right? I mean, it's like you're immediately like, there's no like, there's no like, like learning curve. You're just like suddenly you're just in it, and you're like, this has always been in my head. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's this thing too where like. Okay, I have a lot of issues sometimes with pop culture that's been really hyped up. Like, I've had times where something's been so hyped up. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, I have conflicted feelings about this because I co-host a podcast about people who hype things up. But, (laughs) uh, 
you know, you know, I've been, I've, there have been times when I've seen something and I've been disappointed by it, not because it was bad, but because it didn't meet my expectations. I mean, how and, often do we talk about stuff on this very podcast where we keep introducing each other to things and like it's often stuff that's been very, very hyped up, and sometimes yeah. we don't love the stuff that we watch. For I still podcast. haven't started The Wire just because I'm afraid of like the hype, but I guess it's oh, on our no, list. Oh no, you so. want that? That lives that's up to the hype. that is there's no that's the same freaking thing. As I, the I know I've been told to it is. I've been told, but, but I the, the, the thing you. is like with, with, I, had, with this, I didn't watch the wire i didn't watch the wire until this past year yeah oh wow so i had the same problem and let me tell you my friend <laughs> same thing here come aboard but yeah yes. but there are other things where it's just like how like what like uh like the movie why do people um, like this just why yeah uh, taxi driver i haven't seen that one have you yeah. Yeah. no i i tell you i've seen it and i'm just like and <laughs> okay Raging Bull. I, yeah, raging. I started that once and then I fell asleep. Yeah, so no. maybe not raging. the biggest De Niro fan is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I know. Well, that could be. That could be. <laughs> anyway, Eric, we kind of jumped in and interrupt, interrupted you before you got to whether or not this lived up to the hype. Right. Well, I was just going to say, so this had some incredibly intense expectations so intense. for me. And uh, I am happy to say that it exceeded my expectations, which I was too, really not actually. expecting. I was really kind of like anxious going into this that I would not be able to join the club of Hamilton, you know, of Hamilton fandom here, <laughs> that I would have been somehow overhyped or that I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be, uh, you know, cool enough to get it because I, 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 my, my understanding of the hip hop references throughout this are spotty. I'd say I understood <laughs> the Biggie reference in the dueling <laughs> song and there was something one like at least one other thing that i that i got and then but like i didn't have you recognize I, put the bullet in your gun the bullet in your gun i uh, know it's the um, that's my bum is in my hand my the, bum is in my hand okay, it, it was i know what it was it was it was in the uh, the cabinet battle it was the hey, and if you don't know now you know mr president thank you secretary jefferson but but like you know as i understand it the guy who wrote who who wrote this Lynn manuel miranda like grew up listening to like Broadway and hip hop, like that was like yeah. his entire childhood. He's a New York kid. Yeah, he is the he is the classic New York kid, just drenched in the two cultures that are quintessentially New York. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know, Emily. I don't want to talk over you here. So, so what was your sort of like? You, you, it also exceeded your expectations. It did. Um, I you know I came into this assuming I was going to love it. Uh, I am very much more the musical theater half of this podcast, yes. so I sort of <laughs> assumed I was going to like it. Um, and I you know I've loved what what I've heard uh, what I had heard of it coming in uh, as well. And I think as, you had heard more of it than I right. had. I think, I think yeah. And so so I'd heard a little bit a, a little bit of it that I hadn't been able to avoid, which I enjoyed and thought was great. And I've I love like other Lin Manuel Miranda stuff, in, right. including um, <laughs> this is ridiculous, but there's an opening number to the from the Tony Awards in 2013, um, which in- I have watched so much on YouTube that I uh, that I like I know it by heart. And that that number was written by Lynn Manuel Miranda. It's this is, the this e- is Neil Patrick Harris doing his big uh, Broadway. Yeah, like, but I mean, big... it's it's. Wait a, a minute. Yes. So he's, that thing, the, the Neil Patrick Harris, the the we'll do it bigger one, because he's hosted he's hosted like four four or five of course. Times. But, I did not know that that was written yeah, by Lynn. That was written by Lynn, and that would that is the he actually won an Emmy for that. That is the E in what will surely be his E got coming wow. this Oscar season. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
And the, and the thing is that if you go back and watch the one that Emily's talking about, which was was it bigger this year? What, yeah, what was the name of that song? We'll do uh, it bigger. We'll put a link to it. And that one, there, 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 there's a rap break in that song, which oh, when you listen so to good. it, it's, oh my God. it's so Hamilton. And it sounds exactly it's like it. And I literally, it's so ridiculous, again, because it's the opening to the freaking Tony Awards. Like, it's not yeah, even a real but... thing. But I get goosebumps <laughs> on that particular part <laughs> so that, that Eric is referring to. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll embed this video in the, the our blog right post about this. At the end of the day, we are gathered together to honor the best and the brightest. And tomorrow, the fashion police will report on your dress and who wore it the tightest. If you win, have the time of your life. Tell your manager, dad, and your mom, thanks. Hi to your kids and your husband or wife, maybe just for the hell of it, Tom Hanks. Nothing is bigger and better than seeing a veteran get an ovation. Or seeing a brilliant beginner freak out on a win on their first nomination. Uh, but anyway, so, so you know, I came into it fully expecting that I was going to love it. Like, I have essentially just been putting on hold <laughs> my eventual like Hamilton obsession has been my delayed gratification. But the, here's the thing though. And, and on top of that also, as, as we already mentioned, um, you know, I am like Eric, a history major, total history geek. I was the kid who thought history was really cool the whole time we were learning it. Mm-hmm. So like the, anything that does this thing that makes like, you know, history really accessible and present and dramatic. I'm like, yes, let's do this. I'm here for this. Let's right. go. Um, what surprised me very, you know, pleasantly in terms of um, not a pleasant sensation, but in terms of like quality and engagement, I guess, was this thing made me cry. Like, yes. I didn't <laughs> think it was going to make me cry. You know, right, like right. I, I thought it was gonna be like, yes. Oh, my God, this is so amazing. Blah, 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 blah. But I really did not expect that I was going to start getting all teared up. And I totally right. did in the way that, that I do about the the musical things that like I, I know inside and out and routinely make me cry. I'm like, oh, my God, the second act made me so emotional. You get to a certain age and you start to feel like a um, like a like a just a robot. You just start to feel like, you know, it's like uh, I've seen this before. I know this. Yeah, exactly no, emotional beat get, before. Yeah, I know. yeah. And like I like it's the same thing. Like, I just absolutely cannot stand uh, uh, Steven Spielberg movies because I do not like being pushed around like that. I don't like somebody turning the wheels in the way such a way turning the knobs so that I just start crying. Yeah, Every but, Spielberg like, movie, daddy issues. There's yeah, always daddy issues, including in, in Lincoln, where they really did not have that bad of a relationship. That no, annoyed me is, so much. He's going to put his those, lens on that. Oh, I was just going to say, or those romances that people are always like obsessing over how good they are. The like, the like terminal illness romances, oh, like the yeah. Dear stars and um, me before you. And like, I'm like, no, I can see, I can see the knobs where you're emotionally manipulating me. So. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Right? I don't want to so be manipulated. Then, so then this, it's like uh, the death of Hamilton himself is, is the least of the things that makes you yeah. cry. Oh, yeah. It's the least of it. Oh, my God, that song. Yeah, well, you know, so, but, about before grief. we get to that song, which I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> it's Quiet Uptown. It's Quiet yes. Uptown. <gasps> but, like, at the very start, in the, in the very first song, um, they obviously foreshadow the fact that, hey, Aaron Burr is going to shoot Hamilton by the end of this play. That's why I was joking earlier, spoiler alert, Hamilton dies. But, like, but then... The, they managed to get so much that either I never learned or had forgotten that was actually a surprise the first time around, such as, you know, Philip getting shot and then the aftermath of that of, like, you know, it's quite uptown, like, every, everything that happens oh after. God, and I don't think so anybody long. knew about Mariah Reynolds. Did you guys read about Mariah Reynolds when no. you were... I think in college we heard a little bit about it because it was the first sex scandal in American politics. And it was the, the reason he couldn't run for president. Otherwise, it, 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 in high school, first... I had learned... Uh, sorry, go ahead. 
the thing that you said about it being the first sex scandal in American politics, that was the first thing I thought of because because like in our again, you know, learning of political history, we learn about this sort of watershed moment in I want to say it was it was a it had to do with Florida, a Florida congressional race. And the guy had eventual aspirations toward the presidency or something. But anyway, they talk about this watershed moment where like all of a sudden it became OK to report about this politician sex scandal. And it ended oh, his this career. Is Gary Hart. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Monkey business. Right. And it's like, you know, nobody talked about it before. Kennedy had a bunch of affairs and we didn't care. Right, right. And then FDR, suddenly, FDR died with another lady. Then suddenly it became fair game. And it's like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it was Ra- Radio Lab did a great Way episode about when. Gary Hart and how, how his story changed reporting. But that's a super tangent. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but no, like, uh, like I think I'd mostly heard in passing, but I actually heard in high school something completely incorrect. I've been told by my high school U.S. history teacher that Hamilton couldn't run for president because he was born in St. Croix. But in fact, the Constitution says, like, no, if you were uh, if you were like a citizen at the time that this was ratified, you know, th- that you're eligible. So that was yeah, not technically none of them were born in the that United is... States because it didn't exist. Exactly. So exactly, that's but... because you see now this is what I'm talking about. This is so we have this fusty need to whitewash everything, literally whitewash it. And just like and that's and it takes all the life out of these stories. And some kids are lucky like you guys. And they they find the drama in the history and it reaches <laughs> them anyway. And for anybody else there's just this wall put down and for me like where you guys were switched on by history you know my dad's a Shakespeare professor I'm switched on about Shakespeare that way anything that makes Shakespeare accessible is like beloved unto me like yes go see this it's go it's, it'll make it real for you <laughs> I'm, and I'm with you there <laughs> the same the same thing like I was my sister was bored reading Shakespeare and I was she was in seventh grade and I was like let me show you the dirty parts and so I opened her edition that they had and they oh had God. excised the part where the where the the maid laughs about how oh you 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 fall forward when you're a baby but when you're a, a, when you grow up you'll fall backward you know meaning that you'll right be ready for sex and like it just was gone it wasn't even there for me to explain to her and it infuriates that makes me, so angry. me yeah exactly the expurgated so, version of Olson's standard book of British birds yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> in, in, <laughs> it infuriates me that the life has been sucked out of history in this way because. Wouldn't we all be better off if we realized that these were human beings mm-hmm. and we don't like, of course, we want to be our best selves, but you you, you can't you, you still have to separate the politician from his politics. And, and that's the thing is like the I love or the her. fact he's been using the word fusty. I, I don't really use that word a lot, but now I'm going to have to start using it more. Um, my impression of the founding fathers that I got in high school actually led to me not really doing much with them in college. Like in college, I as I said, I majored in U.S. history, but the era that most interested me because I thought of the revolution, really the aftermath of the revolution as being kind of less interesting, I focused basically starting with Andrew Jackson, who Whoa. is a monster and also fascinating. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and up through like, you know, basically Ulysses Simpson Grant. Like I found, I found like that era, kind of the mid 18, uh, 1800s to be like, oh, okay, here's where politics started to get interesting. Well, but obviously... Totally they were bullshit. interesting, but interesting in a different way, right? right I mean, right. things were coming together, and and there's been a show, Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson. Really? Yes, yes. You should. Well, no, come on. <laughs> but yeah, though, so there, so yeah, no, there is a lot of drama in there too. But but exactly, like uh, 
this completely false sense of like people walking around with like a funny accent and pinched faces. Like, right. God, no. Or well, powdered their, wigs. Their and... outfits are so like uptight. Yeah, they should have. We just yeah. assume that their entire lives their and, and everything was uptight. And it's like, no, actually, they're humans. They're totally, it is exactly. totally their fault, though, because of those dumb outfits. They're really bad outfits. Let's talk about specifics of, of Hamilton here, since Let's. I think we can go on forever talking about Dear in generalities God. why this is wonderful. <laughs> this, since we're Good luck editing here. this down. Um, so uh, I guess one thing that I uh, – the first thing I noticed here was the fact that this didn't have, like, a normal overture. Like, it wasn't like, you know, West Side Story where they start right. off and they have the, the orchestra coming in and playing, yes. like, here's a couple, like – Here's a – here's a here, – yeah, here's, like, our, our melody of uh, – medley of all the tunes you're going right, to hear. Right, yeah, no medley, right. yeah, yeah. And then an entre act that does the same thing for right. act two. Dun, dun, yeah. dun, dun, um, dun, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. That's another. That's another one. Eric's not going to get. Yeah, that's, that's Eric. On our list. I know he's you, the worst. You two are on the same wavelength right now. I just, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I'm just ignoramus about so many of these things. That's um, one. That's another one that straight guys are totally going to like. Honestly, like that is like I showed that God, to my such stepson. Screwed up retrograde gender roles though i know oh. i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm only making generalizations for the sake of our audience no 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 uh, i mean i mean within kidding. the play no, it's, oh it's no no that's true that's the, the that's song true. the song guys and dolls is like uh. <laughs> i'm so i have right, i right. have so many struggles with that for just a flat, I love it, but flat it's, everything say is not okay. <laughs> it's not okay but it's so okay um i'm looking forward to possibly enjoying this it sounds like oh, it's so be good. a discussion my stepkids like they were like so riveted by it they were like what's gonna happen and i was like yep <laughs> anyway yes that's now what you were what you were getting at is that rather than having this um, this intro and this interact where these motifs are played, yeah. those motifs repeat throughout the show in exactly. a way that is yes. so and it's that hip hop symphony more more than a traditional it, it Broadway musical. It is absolutely a symphony. It is absolutely a symphony, and those um, those themes return and return and return, and they are what they don't manipulate your emotions they guide your emotions they, they remind, remind you, you yeah. like oh here we are counting to counting to 10 in french we're gonna do this again later and we you also know? counted to 10 in english for the first duel that's and then right yeah. the guess mm-hmm. the numbers and then the, and then you hear and then you're counting in french and then there's this devastating moment late late in the play when those when that all comes back and you re and you realize that he's been pulling this string the whole way and now he's tying it in a knot yeah and uh, like the thing is i've seen that picture of hamilton standing with his hand in the air so many times that oh, famous yeah. picture of him yes. on the star totally like maybe i'm just stupid i totally did not realize oh right he's firing his shot in the air that that's him at the duel you know like that that's like both it's both him posing for you know for, for looking cool like a hip-hop star but it's also like this is him that's this is the dies. moment the last moment that yeah. and, and what wait and what is he literally doing he is throwing away his shot. Yes. He's yep. not going to throw away his shot, except he does. Except he does. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, I think I've been listening to it for a month and a half. And then all of a sudden on Facebook, I have this giant post where I'm like, you guys, he threw away his shot again. <laughs> and he threw away his shot. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I, yeah, and all I my like... friends were like, yes, Amy. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> what he did. Oh, my God. So 
like this is why I get I get there are people who are like no 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 I have tickets to see it in a year and a half I don't want to hear it ahead of time but you have to Yo, because yeah. you will never you're gonna miss so much you miss so much the first time you listen to it and then like after months and then uh, three months later you realize something else three months after that you go oh my god I never oh god I, he said he was gonna do that and then he did it oh, I gotta sit down <laughs> I can't I have to stop listening you know it is it just keeps and I don't know how this young man it's seriously like to me Lynn Manuel is like Shakespeare. Oh, oh fuck you. <laughs> <Sit>. Talk less. <laughs> Smile <laughs> more, <laughs> dog. Smile more. Um You said he's like Shakespeare, you're saying. And I don't believe for a second that Shakespeare wrote scarce blotting a line. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. And he was like and and Lynn gets at these under the, just all of these feelings and puts them all together and sees all the implications and he doesn't always make it explicit it's underneath it's layers and layers and layers of meaning and feeling and then he and then casting the uh, all these beautiful you know these brown actors in what we've seen as traditional white roles because that's what it felt like then we were we were the outcasts we were the ones who were upstarts and uppity and we being who do we think america. we are america right, yeah, right? proto-american right know. uh so you know to the english we were just a bunch of like just, oh, uppity colonists yeah. yeah like who what do you know what you get get in your place which no might, might i add all the songs with King George were hilarious. Oh my God, yes. I mean, like, I, as much as I, as much as I super into all of the really intense, complicated David Diggs rapping and all of that, all of, all of the very poppy songs with, 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 with George sort of, you know, uh, Oh my God, going Jonathan Groff. Little, Jonathan yeah. mother effing Groff. <laughs> I can't. I mean, several people have played the part. But all of nobody, whom are great, but Jonathan all of Groff. All great. Nobody will ever embody the piece the way that he did and part of it I heard him talking about um in an interview with Jonathan Groff he said that the first crown that they made for King George was so heavy that he had to find a way to move his body yeah so that it wouldn't fall off and it wouldn't break his neck (laughs) and he wouldn't get like 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 you know pain in his body from wearing this very heavy thing as Michael Scott says heavy is the crown (laughs) heavy is the crown (laughs) yeah Wait a minute. <laughs> Again. So, and then he took a break to do something else. And he came back after three months and there was a new crown. And uh, and it was light. But he still had this amazing walk, which when Beyonce saw the show, like her number one note was she turned to him and said, I'm going to steal that walk. <laughs> um, because he has this very gliding still walk. Now, the the character of King George is, is he's funny. There's an amazing reference in it where he says, uh, when you're gone, I'll go mad. And we all know he went mad oh, yeah. because we all saw the madness of King George. But there's also, and I, I will admit this right now. I, okay. We all know I haven't seen the show and I, I made every attempt. I go back to Jersey three, four times a year. And every time I went, I played the lottery. I called in chips. I got like a credit card just so that I could afford like a, a scalped ticket. I never could get one uh, that fit within the credit card. Oh. I've tried and tried and tried and tried. Um, but I have watched the first act bootlegged uh-huh. on video. <laughs> 
to someone like with their cell phone and yes. the, the audience. <laughs> yes, yes, I was that desperate, and I don't care. And I saw it, and I looked at it, and I don't care. I didn't even feel guilty. He, his body is so still when he does that. Um, when Jonathan Groff sings those King George songs, he is so still that you realize that he will kill your friends and family. It's menacing in a it way is, maybe doesn't come through in the audio. Absolutely. Not only that, in the in the in the audio, in the in the the cast recording he goes, um Everybody da, 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 da. But uh, on the in the version that I saw, bootlegged, he goes, Everybody and oh. he's looking into the audience oh, wow. and he's telling them, and now you will sing with me because I want you to sing with me. And if not, off with your head. You know, wow. and it is menacing. And that stillness is so powerful. So yeah. this is not like a throwaway fey character. Oh, yeah. No, not at all. This is, he's, he's hiding it behind these frills. And behind those frills, there is somebody who will kill your friends and family. <laughs> and it's just chilling because you're having this great time and you're 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 humming along but this was a very very real danger you could be hung and if if you were a loyalist you could be hung and if you were not a loyalist you could be hung you were a traitor no matter what you did you didn't know who was going to win this was a very very frightening time and all you know all of that from freaking Jonathan Groff who is Kristoff <laughs> in Frozen i mean it's crazy <laughs> And this is a very small part for him, but it wasn't, you know? I mean, I don't know. Maybe he spends a total of like 10 minutes on stage. Yeah. But what a, what a beautiful thing for him. What a, what a, what a, what a, what a gem, uh, what a jewel in the crown for him. <laughs> so anyway. Well said. Uh, circling back ages ago when you were comparing Lin-Manuel Miranda to Shakespeare, um, <laughs> I was thinking, speaking of comparing him to things, uh, I couldn't help but think during hold on while I look up the name of the song um, nonstop, mm-hmm. uh, which is like the last song in act. Right. One, the last yeah? the last song in act one, mm, although right. it's again, like so many things, several motifs keep coming, keep coming back. But that's the right. thing that's about, you know, how do you ride like you're running out of time? Right day and night like you're running out of time. Every day you fight like you're running out of time. Like you're running out of time. Are you running out of time? I couldn't. I couldn't help but think of, uh, and this is this is getting like a little bit sort of meta, meta on this. Like I couldn't help but think of Lin Manuel Miranda and how he's always doing seventeen hundred things at once. Yep. I mean, he's now, you know, he's now uh, left the show as an actor. Like he's no longer on stage every night playing Alexander Hamilton. But even when he was, he was still doing like 1600 other side projects. And now he is still doing like a million different projects. It seems like every week, some new thing that he's doing is getting announced. You know, he's doing the music for uh, Moana, but he's also doing the music for for the upcoming Disney movie Moana. He's also doing, the music for the live action Little Mermaid. This is oh, I didn't know that. Really? Yeah, yep. he's, he did the he did the new um so the for the new Star Trek the Star Wars. Sorry. Oh right. The new Star, he oh, did right. the music. The Cantina song. He did yeah. the new. Yeah, and it's like yeah, and it's like I I you know couldn't help but think of of that, and you know obviously he's spoken at length about the the inspiration that he felt when he was reading you know on vacation reading the the biography but like I couldn't help but think like god I wonder if like 
part of this is that he felt a really, you know, personal connection to this, like, extremely prolific, like, wildly, wildly, in Lynn's case, creative, in Hamilton's case, you know, creative, but, like, politically... Yeah, right. But my point Politically is that, like, inspired. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, like there's uh, Hamilton, such a clear parallel there. Hamilton took a form and has completely has re re reanimated it, re did it in a way that nobody ever thought you could do it. Created something we didn't know we could have. Hamilton did the same thing with politics. He invented how our banks would work. Exactly. He invented new ways of of looking and thinking at things. He was, you know, he thought. I mean, thinking outside the box is such a cliche, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I feel like we're living in an age where now where there are like a lot of people like Louis C.K. has reinvented comedy in a way that I didn't know you could. Um, You know, there are a lot of people sort of like just creating new. But this is really the apex, I think, of of just. Yeah, I completely see what you mean. Um, He also has said like um, that. Um, for instance, he was like sort of a melancholy teenager Hmm. um, who, like many of us, just thought about death way too much and um, that it was always seemed to be nipping at his heels. He was the child of an immigrant. He had that guilt of of my life is great. What does it mean? Um, How what what gives me my life meaning when the people who came before me had such a difficult time? Mm -hmm. And so to him, like things like that feeling of I I imagine death so much, it feels like a memory. When's it gonna get me in my sleep seven feet ahead? I mean, how that rings so true for even those of us who grew up comfortable, even those of, of us who grew up uh, without the specter of war or, or poverty like looming over our shoulder. Somehow that is such a human, a human, a, 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 just a way of being human. It's we are always imagining death so much that when we come across it, it feels familiar. And I don't know if that's it's it is it is something that is probably peculiar to him in terms of how he can use it and sharpen it. But the thing that makes him also like Shakespeare is that it's something we all feel. He just figured out how to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like I think um, this may be from the genius annotations that I used when I was listening through the second time. But sort of that whole idea of um, writing a verse to get out of hardship, which is how he put it. I wrote my I wrote my way out of I wrote my way out everything down far as I could see I wrote my way out I looked up and the town had its eyes on me which, which I wrote my Hamilton way out. I it, wrote my way out. Yeah, you know, he 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 writes a poem, I guess, about the hurricane. About the hurricane, his, you know, killed all his people, and so that was what led to him getting passage. Literally, to he wrote yeah, about literally. it. It was so good that it was published in the local paper, mm-hmm. and that inspired everybody to put their to do basically a um a GoFundMe yeah. and send him <laughs> to New York. You know, he did. He wrote his way out, and he had a brother who didn't. He just went into lumber and stayed there and. Maybe he had great ideas too, but we're never going to know because right. he didn't have didn't this have the magic. Genius, yeah. The genius annotations actually delved into that and talked about like how the fact that he went into carpentry was an indication that the brother was like definitely not as smart because yeah yeah it was a dumb like, it was a dumb because like not just that that was a dumb move but that like there's no way that would have been the move if he had the brains to do something else was kind of what right. the genius said. Huh. I don't know how true. Did. I don't know how true or accurate genius is. Yeah. Well, no, well, let's of... talk about genius for a second. Yeah. No, let's talk about for a second. No, I just uh, mean specifically about that kind of history. Oh no, of course. Thing, but... Well, you know, because it's crowd, because it's crowdsourced, people 
you know, even more so than Wikipedia. People will, I mean, I have done a million annotations on <laughs> Hamilton, on Genius. Really? And they have been like superseded by people with, you know, and, and you, you know, who have more knowledge in many cases. Some, some, but also, Let's let's note that Lin Manuel Miranda hopped in. Oh yeah, which was crazy. I was so saying that cool. to Emily. Just so like, I didn't yeah. warn you guys about that when I told you to read along with Genius. <laughs> oh no, I maybe I did. He when he's and I don't I don't know I don't know how common this is, but he went in there and annotated his own stuff in Genius, um, and said, "Yes, you're correct." You know, it's like that that Woody Allen movie where he's like standing online and he's yeah. like, Marshall you know, McLuhan in line at Annie Hall. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> you can you can actually pull out Genius and say you're wrong. Lin Manuel <laughs> Miranda says I am correct about this. You know, you can live that because he. <laughs> And this is an, another part of why this is such a successful. I want to just use that. I'm sorry to segue a little bit into <laughs> why what another thing that makes Hamilton such a success is that Lynn Manuel Miranda understands uh, the many, many ways that he can touch his audience, not just with his Twitter feed and his videos and his, um, you know, and and his images and things like that of people at the at the stage door and backstage and whatnot, but uh, by reaching out via the these um, annotations and um, social media platforms. social media platforms, every single one of them, but also like what he has said is that he was a kid who grew up, even though he lived in New York, and I identify with this. Even if you live in New York, you don't always get to see everything because it's expensive. And he knew that. And he grew up listening to soundtracks. Mm -hmm. And so if he was going to create this show, it was going to have a soundtrack that would stand in for you and not make you feel like you were missing something, but make you feel like you were part of it because you were listening to it. And I was thinking about this, and I think this may be the first musical that I've ever listened to the soundtrack for before I actually saw the play version. Like, I don't think I... That's something that... That's one of the reasons... That's one of the rationalizations that I've used to not know as many musicals as as Emily and you do, is that (laughs) uh, that basically I've found with certain musicals, like um, the first one that comes to mind is uh, Spamalot, the Monty Python, you know, uh, Broadway musical, where... Uh, I saw the live version and I felt it was so much, so far superior to the album version. I still like enjoyed a couple of the tracks on the the Broadway cast recording, but I found that the live version was so much funnier to me. Um, and so I was, I've always been sort of like, you know, I don't know if I really want to listen to this if I haven't really experienced it, quote unquote, the way it was meant to be heard. Or that's enjoyed. interesting. But then here it sounds like he really inten- there's a lot more intent in, in in not just like it was never just the show for him, right? Which which I appreciate. As, as someone who might not ever see the show, not right. anytime soon, you know. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, I doubt any yeah. of us are seeing it anytime soon. Well, yeah, I mean, no, well, we're, we're in a city that uh, is going to have a touring version of Hamilton opening next year, but we cannot get tickets. There is no way in exactly. hell that I'm, you know. No, I mean, I in order for me to have gotten those tickets, I would have had to purchase a season pass and that's like that's gonna be it's gonna oh, right. be i saw that too i looked that up too 500 bucks pass, just for yeah. me right so two thousand dollars for the whole family yeah. i mean it's just like you know it's not you know i, I have a better chance getting into the cast you know <laughs> I, I mean it was you know they they did audition locally i could have gone um they might need a fat middle-aged lady white lady i don't know they it's just, 
who knows? Maybe they just have a very different idea of Aaron Burr. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they are oh, talking God. about I doing. I love Leslie Odom Jr., by the way. Oh, God. What? No, let's talk about Leslie. I mean, we can't even. This His is not even. His voice is so beautiful. Like, even if you don't know what he looks like. And of course, I do know what he looks like. And oh, my God. Oh, my man. gosh. No, but. Okay, so you can have him, and we will double date because I'm going to be with Debbie Diggs, who I just saw a couple weeks ago in person. Yeah, but Eric and I have an in with Debbie Diggs because we share an alma mater. Oh, I didn't know that. You went to Stanford? No, do you I not mean, open your alumni emails, Eric? I do not. No, I do not open those. <laughs> well, if my alumni emails came from Stanford, I wouldn't either. I went to Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> No, we're okay. David Diggs we'll went take... to Brown, which is yes. oh to Brown. Oh, oh, he went to Brown. You guys went to Brown. Oh, yeah. that Ivy. But, oh, yeah. but but you and I both share an alma mater with Alexander Hamilton. So oh, <laughs> I mean. that's right. Oh, there you go. Bam, <laughs> King's College. High, high five for us. <laughs> Yay! So um so yeah, which again I didn't know that either. But we had a lot of anyway. Um. So yeah, so he had, he had he had so and then they had the, they had ham for ham, um, which oh my were god, like, those are so good. Yeah, so oh, sorry, explain what what's for ham those for ham. who don't for those who don't know, ham for ham. I've watched uh, a bunch of those. <laughs> yeah, so when people are waiting for on you, you can wait online for for la, for either last minute tickets or for cancellations, or, and they also have like a program where you can get ten dollar tickets in a lottery. Okay. So when people are waiting for that, it's often on it's always on Wednesday afternoons, I guess, and um af, and so they would just put on a little show for the people that were standing there, mm-hmm. and that became a thing that like closed down the whole block because nobody could do anything halfway anymore. Yeah, so, people show up. Just just to see the ham for just ham. to like, see the ham for they're not hams. waiting in line for tickets and sometimes they would be it would be um like they had one amazing one where the three guys who played king george oh my god yes came <laughs> out and were the schuyler sisters <laughs> it's so and good then, right and then burr was played by angelica schuyler who she's wonderful yeah and um they had, they had a bunch where they performed with the people from les mis who were in the, the huh. theater next door so which these, is, these are free shows then that are for the, so the fans who are yes. trying to get yeah. Yeah, and they put show. them up yes. on YouTube too. Okay. They put them also, I gotta look this up. And they they have a bunch that are like not even related to Hamilton. Like there's one where um there's one where uh Leah Solana, who yeah. is mm. among many Random. other things the singing voice of Jasmine. Um, ah. I mean Leah Leah Solana is a goddess, but she is a Broadway these, legend. For these purposes, she she's the singing voice of of Jasmine in Aladdin, and so she and Lin Manuel Miranda sang a whole new world, like duetted a whole new world, <laughs> which was just a delight. Right? Well, so what we really need though is a new version of a whole new world that's like with the super fast Lin Manuel Miranda lyrics, you know? Like, oh I'm yeah, sure you that can, would be exciting. You can cram a couple thousand more words into that song oh, easily. Oh, Eric, also for be- for reference for you, um, Leah Salah, uh-huh. have you finished Crazy Ex Girlfriend yet? Yeah. Leah Solana, Leah Solana is the aunt in at the wedding in the last episode that insists on okay. singing a song. Okay, that yes. actually made sense. I think I think I looked that up because I I looked up yes. who that actress was, and I that I'm pretty sure it said, oh yeah, she's also in Aladdin. Um, yeah, I almost wet my pants when that happened. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was just I can't. I was like ah 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 ah. Yeah, she is royalty essentially. Yeah. But uh, that actually brings back to, so with past episodes, we've had a checkered history with certain musicals in this show. <laughs> uh, Crazy X is one of the ones that I loved. Um, Music Man, I was sort of mixed on. And that's something that I wanted to mention with this, is that with Music Man, one of my complaints that I, that I uh, you know, sent in Emily's direction was kind of my feeling, and I feel this with a lot of musicals sometimes is like filler. There's like songs that are just kind oh. of there, like padding the time. And like Hamilton- It's been too long since we had a song, so we better sing about- 
exactly. something incredibly so, stupid. turn is it? And, you know, oh, oh, it's my turn. Okay, I'm going to sing. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, Hamilton, like, I was so impressed that this was two and a half hours of each listen. I spent five hours in the past two days listening to this, and every <laughs> song had a clear unmitigable purpose in the plot like it, it, it's advancing the characters it's advancing the history i mean they they, they really I'm, I'm sure in the off-broadway version there were a, a bunch of songs that probably got cut that maybe were like not it was as li- no vital. i'll tell you there's at least one song that was cut that everybody still would like to have in there really yeah 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 there's a there's the cabinet battle and when they get to john adams he just goes sit down john you fat mother there was actually like a, a good, yes, track. like a six minute, eight minute thing. And you can find it on YouTube. Oh, I had that sense from where they bleep it out. I had that sense that there's probably something. There is so there, much yeah. more. And you guys as historians would really dig it. Because he okay, actually wrote we'll a pamphlet dissing John Adams. Like that's what I was referring to, right? He and jo- yes, he and John, and John Adams wrote some terrible stuff about him. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. Like embarrassed. Like, okay. So again, like I adore John Adams again. It's just terrible to admit to real historians, but um, <laughs> there was in the seventies, there is a, a masterpiece theater called the Adams Chronicles. I love that you're mentioning that and not the much more recent HBO thing with the Paul. Paul of course, <laughs> obviously I loved that too. My daughter's <laughs> named Abigail partially because Aww. I was pregnant with her when we watched it. I mean, I just love Abigail Adams. I've always adored her. She is, you know, uh, she's just great. And they're, 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 to me, they always had this terribly romantic relationship where they were intellectual equals and each other's boon companion. Oh my God, and the letters, the quant- just the sheer quantity of letters. I mean, really, like they were, yeah, like, and we could make comparisons to, you know, whatever, to, to, but with, so, um, and the Adams Chronicle was part of that being built up in me. And then freaking George Paul Giamatti kind of like pulled the rug out from under me a little bit. But And then this, I was just like, oh no, I have to confront these parts of John Adams that I really don't like. like but he never had slaves, but he said this terrible thing. Oh. Yeah. No. Anyway. Was, it, was Adams the one who called him like a Creole? Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh. not even, I mean, uh, I, I think he called him like a, like a, um, like a half breed Creole. Yeah, like so he some, made something reference. Something like really bad. Yeah. There was a, there was like a, there That's were, gross. Yeah, no, they thought that he was, you know, and I mean, uh, oh, and he also, when he was in a battle with Jefferson, he said terrible things about oh, yeah. Sally Hemings, which everybody knew about. And is still, and is still being ridiculously romanticized in like a very recent novel that came out. Like, what is the matter with people? But speaking of Abigail Adams, I hate Adams, Jefferson though, so much. I hate that guy. Can I just talk about how much I hate Thomas Jefferson for 30 seconds? That guy was so, the more, like, and the churnout, churnout is not, you have yeah, to read I was, the book. I was now that say. you've Now that you have, like, heard the music, I hope you guys are going to go and read the churnout book. And I was thinking about it, yeah. It's such a good read. So, so much of this stuff is even more dramatic in the book. Like, the Mariah Reynolds stuff, like, uh, like Lin-Manuel makes it, like, a guy from today who, like, feels guilty and, like, sure. is... You know, like his wife is away and he's missing her. The real story is so much dirtier. It's it so, is. it's terrible. It's it's such it's such a good. He is not, and Chernow is not kind to Jefferson. Mm. And I just, it was very satisfying to be able to sink my teeth into exactly why I don't like that. That guy. was something that was in one of the genius annotations. Where like, there's a point where someone in one of the, I think it's one of the cabinet battles, maybe, is calling out Jefferson on like, oh, yeah. oh well, the reason why you, you know, are able to like make money in Virginia is because like you don't you pay free- for your work. A civic lesson from a slave or hey neighbor, your debts are paid because you don't pay for 
labor. We plant seeds in the south, we create and keep ranting. We know who's really doing the planting. And, and so, like, and that, the, I think the genius annotation was pointing out, like, well, you know, no one actually said this to Jefferson's face at the time, but man, does it feel good to have someone, you know, in the, in this play, the audience oh, yeah. surrogate, to kind of say that to him and just be like, okay, you know, de- deal deal with this reality of your, you know, um, hypocrisy. political, yeah, hypocrisy and you know, high and again, and his heart, hypocrisy was again so much worse than they even make it in the show. Oh, yeah, uh, you know where to where you know all of his wealth was wrapped up in these inherited slaves, mm-hmm. and he was so addicted to living this life of this dandy and, and having you know food and and furniture and clothes. And he was always in debt, and the only way he could have gotten out of debt is to sell off his slaves. Um, he so he couldn't just free them. And it's just dis- what a disgusting, what a disgusting way to live. How can you like? I just, I just don't know how anybody can live with themselves. Literally, just like making your living by owning other people. You know, it, it, you, it's uh, revolting. It's it such is. an asshole. Such an asshole. <laughs> I hate that guy. Uh-huh. Okay, come back. I think somewhere a few minutes ago, we were going to go on to something else, but I forgot what it was. I remember. <laughs> it it was notes? speaking of oh. Abigail Adams. Um, That's I, what it was. I, uh, I love the Schuyler sisters in general, and specifically, I love how much and how important Eliza is in yes. this. Like, Because that's another thing. When we talk about the various things they get they get lost about the founding fathers and the early days of this country and history in general. That's Mm -hmm. another big thing that really gets lost is like, we learn about the great men and we never learn about the women. We never learn about the wives and their relationships. Because even when they were allowed to be a part of it, even when they were allowed to be part of it, it wasn't. And I mean, that language allowed to be a part of it is such a telling phrase. Yeah. Like it's freaking crazy. So it's so great to have her as like a real person with real emotions and feelings. I mean, the song burn that comes right after the, the Reynolds pamphlet. It's like, yes, I thank you. I'm so glad we're getting her perspective right now because we've never had her perspective or I mean, we don't, we don't usually get her perspective. Searching and scanning for answers in every line For some kind of sign And when you were mine The world seemed to burn. Her specific perspective, but also, like, the perspective in general of the wife of the great man we never get. Right. right. You it, and it, your words obsessed with your legacy. Yes. Yeah. In in saving your hide, you ruined our lives. Exactly, because he ruins his own political life, but hearing it from her first, hearing that the, the biggest piece of aftermath is that, oh no, seriously, you ruined my life and you ruined our children's lives, you know, because you had to be right or you had to, you know, just like get get your... You, your you, yes, you. Yeah. Oh, oh she just yes. is so... Yeah, it's such a like a... Like Damn you can men. hear Sinead O'Connor singing it, right? Exactly. Like, <laughs> you, you, Atlanta's you. set. What about, yeah, yeah, what about freaking me? And yet, and yet, whatever happens, whether it was, I mean, they 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 stayed together and then not only that, like oh she didn't God. just wait for him to die and then go and live her own life. Mm-hmm. Her life, what she, the heroism in what she did, and I don't mean she's heroic because she stayed with him. I mean that it is a heroic act, no matter who your husband is, for you to then say, I am going to interview everybody that was involved in this war 
and I am going to make sure everything is written down. Oh yeah. I am going to I am going to create a written record of everybody that touched my husband, everybody that was involved in this struggle. Uh, everybody and then I'm gonna and I'm gonna create an orphanage to help people like my husband mm-hmm. and I'm gonna save thousands and thousands and thousands I, of so lives that just clicked for me the fact that right of course Hamilton and Burr are both orphans and so yeah. the, the fact that she wound up starting an orphanage what? is just like so see oh, what a badass right? so now you gotta go on Facebook and go you guys <laughs> <laughs> I just realized orphans but 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 like that's the thing is like I, I made a note about that when I, the second time I was listening through is how um when Hamilton's sort of having his semi-collapse and sort of this idea of, like, this guy who's obsessed with his legacy, he's writing all the time, he can't be bothered to stop and enjoy just life with his family, um, things like that, um, it made it seem initially like that was being set up to be a negative thing, right? The caring about how history will perceive you, sound, see, it maybe another worker would seem to be part of his downfall, so to speak. But then the show comes around by the end of it and showing that, no, who who tells your story and kind of caring about your, your legacy? It's, it's not a bad thing. It's just a matter of how you how much you care about it and how you prioritize it, I guess, because we end with Eliza really, you know, um, committing to tell the story of his fellow soldiers and then telling her own story, putting herself back in the narrative. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a history major, I was super into that as the ending of this play, that it wasn't just he dies the end, you know, which is, I think, how a weaker storyteller would have done it, which has been the totally. place ever when, when Hamilton is shot. And then here, it's very much like, no, the, 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 this is an important part of, of everything, the fact that there was someone after he, he was gone to, to tell his story and to tell the story of everyone else and, and all of that. So I just really like that a lot about how, how this how musical ended, even though it was sad. Of course it was sad, but... It was noted also, there was a... Um excuse me, I don't remember who it was, but um, there was a crit- a very critical article saying that um, Hamilton doesn't pass the Bechdel test, um, which, first of all, I just don't know. No, that's not true. The, the Skylar sisters talk to each other just about the revolution in their, in their song. They say, like, yeah, oh, you know, we're in New York City. Do, yeah. It's a great, you know, they're just talking about the city and how, how I, fun it is. That's what I'm saying. Not only that, but that they're looking for a mind at work which, by the way, is a line that from the he, West Wing. From the West Wing, which is crazy. <laughs> which we talked about on our last episode, oh, coincidentally. There so. you go. Excellent. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing because we're actually recording that episode tomorrow. Yeah. So. Oh, we're, we're recording our, the last three episodes oh. of the season out of order. We're, we're recording <laughs> West Wing tomorrow. So and our, how did that go on that last episode? Listeners are concerned, but technically, tell me how it went on that episode <laughs> that you already. It went great. <laughs> And we shall not discuss it any further. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, uh, they're, 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 I mean, and this is all that women had at the time. They, they didn't, they were not able to directly uh, be involved with history. It was always like side stories, mm-hmm. either because like you had a, a cow that you hid in your living room. It's Tempe Wick House. It's in Morristown. Okay. Uh, or, <laughs> um, you know, or you were married to somebody and talked to him yeah, or about you, the like, revolution. You know, gave water to soldiers or whatever. It's like yeah. you can't do anything for yourself. It has was to be it about Molly Pitcher. Was that Molly Pitcher? Yeah, Molly who's actually Pitcher. a composite, also from New Jersey, though. What <laughs> up, New Jersey? It gave me back a lot of Jersey pride. I have to say. Did they name a stop on the turnpike after her? Oh God! Hell yes! 
There is Did a Molly they? pitcher. There's not an Eliza Hamilton. There is a Molly pitcher. Rest oh wow, I was joking, but yes. I, I guess that's. <laughs> yeah, man, I, we name we name rest stops after all our famous. My residents. parents literally live on Skyler people. Way, so. Oh, awesome. Yeah, well, that's it's cooler. Not, I mean, the house is on Burnham Parkway, but then Skyler Way goes down in between the park and the pool. All right, <laughs> that's really you know. You Jersey people. Yeah. <laughs> what up? Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so women uh, women are part of the narrative. They, I disagreed with that so strongly because I feel like this is these are such strong characters, and that each of them is so interesting. Because you know, even though Peggy doesn't get much, she gets sort of short shrift because in real life she only lived to what, like not even to thirty, I don't think. Um, she died young. Uh, but like Aunt Peggy has become like this, a punchline like, for yeah. <laughs> if you saw the the video they just put out a couple of days ago about voting, um, they redo the lyrics to that song. Oh except, really? But they leave Aunt Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> Take a little time on November eighth to do your civic duty and renew your faith in the nation you want. Let them know the truth. The room where it happens is the voting booth. So vote, vote, America, vote, vote. The And then uh, when she's Mariah Reynolds, like that is that is. It's the same actress playing Peggy and Mariah du- Reynolds. I wanted to talk about the doubling of the actors because even oh, yeah. even the doubling of the cast is profound. Like so, when we do the introduction, right, and it's we fought with him. Me, I died for him. Me, I trusted him. Me, I loved him. No, Gen- Genius was talking about this, how the characters are specifically set up so that those lines have um, double meaning, have double meanings. Because I fought it's like, alongside him. I fought I against fought, him. Could both, exactly. Yeah, I right. Exactly. Yeah. I loved him as a sister. I loved him as a wife. I loved him as his affair, as his mm-hmm. mistress. You know, like that, that. I loved him as those three meanings. Right. Um, I died for him is Lawrence and his son. Right. Which, which That's one question I had. So Lawrence kind of dies like off quote unquote off screen, right? Or off stage. Like he right. is sort of Apparently that was something Genius mentioned was that there's a scene that's not in the soundtrack that okay. has like Hamilton getting the news of his death. Because he died down in South Carolina. Okay. Right. They mentioned in him the, going like, down to South Carolina. Skirmishes. Yeah, yeah. And um Eliza gives him the news. He says, I have a letter for you. Um it's it's from Lawrence's father. And he's like, you know, anytime he's like, uh oh. Yeah. And then um and so he gets the news, and then his reaction is, I have so much work to do. Mm. And she's like, Alexander. And he's like, I have to go to work. And like, it's, uh, and it's, again, I only know this because I watched a bootleg version. <laughs> <laughs> but it, that is so precious to me. Like, it is so precious to me. Like, I, I, I'm sort of angry that they have made it so inaccessible. I really do feel <laughs> like they could, they weren't going to lose any ticket sales by making it just a little bit more accessible. Anyway, that, so that is, and so yeah, so he dies off stage, and okay. there is there is a question in um, in real life of they had very intimate letters, even beyond the intimacy mm. of male and male friendships of uh, you know male friendships at the time and female friendships at the time, which as you know were so much more explicit and like mm. people express their love for their friends in a way that sounds like romance today um and it's, so it's always a question but even even knowing that the the relationship between 
um, Lawrence and Hamilton is so intimate that people like sort of wonder if they were like a couple or something. Yeah, yeah. If they were if they were lovers or had. A... People say that about like Abraham Lincoln and like twenty different guys who he wrote to. It's kind of like it's always like rude. <laughs> yeah, well, like, well, he said I love you in this letter, so therefore it must mean da da da. Right. Well, that's know? what I mean. Like we know that there is like some very florid language that people yeah. used to use um, within their friendships, but mm-hmm. and like who knows. And this went, This even goes beyond, like, Vita and Virginia. Like, it's just like, oh, dear. So, I don't know. Uh, Wait, it goes beyond Vita and Virginia? Uh, or it goes beyond, like, Vita and Virginia do? Because beyond Vita and Virginia would be quite a lot. <laughs> you mean, like, the play? Are we talking about the play now or just... Just their relationship. Well, we just don't know. We uh, well, we do know about Vita and Virginia, right? Or that's what or, I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like that was. Is it, was, it like if these two went beyond Vita and sorry, Vita and Virginia is <laughs> is Virginia Woolf and Vita Sackville West? Okay. <laughs> and are, they wrote these very florid letters to each other, but I thought we didn't know for sure if they. Oh, ever I thought really we did. Got I don't know. On. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, <laughs> no, you mentioned um, you mentioned the accessibility thing, which is something I did want to like because uh, we were talking about like how great it is that they made such a big point of of, you know, releasing the soundtrack. But like mm-hmm. that is that is a criticism and a, one that I do think is pretty valid about like the innate inaccessibility of Broadway yeah. um, that, you know, I've, I've heard that leveled at Hamilton a lot. And like it it is true. It's the what is the. um there's a phrase that and I don't even I don't know who said it, but that that you sort of hear commonly referenced. That's like if uh, something about ba- basically saying like if it's if it's inaccessible, it's neither radical nor revolutionary or something like that. Hmm. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm quoting I'm quoting it wrong. You know, like the phrase that I mean. Um, but that's something that like it it is a fair point to say that, like, you know, if the only and, people you're reaching are like wealthy, you know, white exactly. people in New York, that you know, although I which will is, say, but I mean, he's he has made tremendous efforts to bring it into the public schools, and he's got like a, an education initiative that's I think both funded by and you know and uh, you know he he's oh god he's I, I think done, you need to uh, rename your dogs Hamilton and Jefferson because they're like, <laughs> well they're playing I think we might well, need to rename them Hamilton and Lawrence given yeah. what we were just talking about. Um, um, part of what I was going to say, though, is that, like, that's a criticism that I've heard leveled at this that I think is very valid. But, like, one thing we should note is as even as we keep, you know, referencing how none of us are going to get to see Hamilton anytime soon, mm-hmm. there is the PBS documentary coming out. Yes. And they did October also. 20th. Yes. I, I'm unfamiliar. So this is going to be, like, showing a lot of stuff from the stage. Yeah, it's like a making of, of the... kind of a thing. Okay. But they also, before... Um, uh, Jonathan Groff had already left, but before the rest of the original Broadway cast left, uh-huh. uh, the like Lin Manuel Miranda announced that they would be filming a, a right. production. This um, kind of and, like and they haven't reference. He ha- well, they haven't said what they're doing with it yet, but like yeah. presumably at some point it's going to get re- like the filming are, of that is going to get released. There are very there are very strict rules with, with equity that they'll have to right. work out. Um, and it might start a dangerous precedent, yada, yada, whatever. Um, but I mean, and I mean, I'm not even really just talking about Lynn himself, but like we, um, our boss interviewed the um, Jeffrey Seller, the lead producer. Right. And he said he has no use for the technology and he has no use for like 360 filming. And he has no, he has absolute contempt for um, the digitally 
Um, like the idea of, of, of filming the play and releasing that as a paid download, right. certain sort of thing. He doesn't right. want or people even just doing it, it that way, right? Or do even doing it like they did with um, with ha- with Hamlet, where um, or like with the Winter's Tale that I saw. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you where can you go see, see a live production in a theater in a movie theater. Somewhere. In a movie theater, yeah, yeah. I took the girls to see Midsummer's Night's Dream. It was amazing. Yeah, I saw it that did, Hamlet. Right. Oh god. With Benedict yeah, right. Cumberbatch. Oh my god. It was so good. <laughs> Yeah, so that's like one of the, especially having left New York, like that experience is very, very, very precious to me because I, 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 it's a very big part of my life that I can't experience in quite the same way here, even though theater is very good here. Um, and and he has no use for that. His contempt for that really was, and that, that set was, you off. I remember when I shared that link I with was you before furious. we released the, the podcast that you're talking about. You you like went like mental about like who does this guy think he is? How does he get off? I'm <laughs> denying me that. You must be out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> yeah, I was okay. I was just yelling at a guy who's not real, Lulu. Um, yeah, you no, know I was she crazy. has your back though. She does. Yeah. Lulu know, definitely you got, has your back. No, no, she is. She is my second. Um, uh, your obedient servant yes Lulu Uh, I was so infuriated because you can only and I think I made some off color reference to like I don't know um, uh, you can only fit 500 people in the theater every night you yeah. know, so you're only going to sell and that many tickets. And those people all have to be in New York. Yeah and you're only going to sell so many tickets and you could make this record of this that would give this experience of the original cast to so many people and it is not going to hurt your kitchen, your ticket sales and it's not going to take away from your precious you know t- like uh, ivory tower experience little man <laughs> especially not when it's something this popular i mean yeah. like there's there's an argument to be made against that for a sh- for a show that's that's you know on the bubble that like you know, you don't sure. know how it's going to do and you don't know how long it's going to run. Hamilton is going to run as long as they want it to run. Yeah, it's going to be and like it's the gonna, Fantastics. It's, and it's going to and it's going to be sold out for years. Well, it's going to be like next... Les Mis or one of those shows that goes for decades. I mean, yeah. or, or, or like Rent or, or one, of, one of those, you know, like. It's, right. it's been actually the phenomenon of Hamilton has been compared to Rent. And it's yeah. true because oh, Rent did a lot. Absolutely. It's, absolutely. It's a very similar thing. Rent did, Rent did a lot of really similar things in terms of really breaking the Broadway mold mm-hmm. in yes. a way that needed to happen musically. Absolutely. And Recreating in terms of it. form. And they also they released the soundtrack and it got this rabid following of fans even From, that hadn't seen it yet. Yeah. Actually, I think that Rent, the, the, the daily lottery thing originates with Rent as well. I think you're right. I think, I think you're absolutely right right because i remember we because it was would a very similar there. thing with rent. they would release they would release 20 tickets it wasn't a lottery you would just have to get online really early and they would mm. release those 20 tickets each day and right. they were reasonably try i believe they were 20 dollars yeah and cheap you could get compared them. to broadway tickets which are not Hundreds. regular broadway tickets are yeah. so expensive that explains a lot i had uh this is like a friend of a friend this is like a super secondhand story but it was someone who I've been told about who had seen Rent like a hundred times in yeah. theater. And I remember that. thinking like, oh my God, how much money must oh they have? Oh my God, have? people did that though. I know, I mean they like- do it, They did it with Les Mis too. And yeah. they would just, because you could wait, you could wait for what they called um, uh, student rush tickets. Mm. Um, oh yeah. You could I did a lot of student it. rush when I was yeah. in New York as a student, totally. Yeah. Oh my gosh, me too. And I would What like, exactly is student rush? Sorry. Oh, it's just tickets that they release uh, to pay for the house- oh, like so yeah sorry. so like at the um like right before the show not long before the show i think it, uh-huh. or no it's in the morning maybe 
I think it's in the morning and they, but they sell you unsold tickets to students. You have to have a student ID. There's usually a limit. You can usually only buy one or two per student ID Mm -hmm. and they're cheap and they're usually like wait right down by the front or something. I've been to a TKTS in New York, the thing where it's like a booth where it's like same day discounted tickets which they haven't sold it all out. Now you can do that online too. You have to be a member. But it's a it, that was a, always a thrill, right? To wait and see what they had, and go walk up to the front of the line. And everybody was talking about what they were going to try to get. Oh yeah. yeah, like you don't even know what show you're going to get to see. What, yeah. yeah, I but saw I, Avenue Q that way for the. I had seen it once. I actually saw Cabaret in London that way, and I'm yeah. so glad that I did because huh. that was oh my god that production of Cabaret. Yeah. Hi. Was that with Was that with um uh my husband um uh. Alan Cumming? No, I actually <laughs> saw it with Alan Cumming in New York, and ah, as as uh, transcendent an experience as it was seeing Alan Cumming as the MC, which mm-hmm. I oh, be still my heart. Oh my god! Seriously. Um, in terms of overall production, the one I saw in London was actually more affecting. Hmm. Wow! Because it, yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, my my friend and I spent the entire second act literally clutching each other like oh i love that oh Oh my god God, it was it was so 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 intense this was the the london revival in like 2007 2008 god that's great oh i'm so yeah we're so far off track and you're now you're we're never gonna get to cabaret in this eric because i I will not like yeah you're we're not watching the movie and is that the liza minnelli movie yeah oh my god it's so bad so much better than liza minnelli i i won't name them but i'm pretty sure i know someone who's a joel gray movie Movie. I mean, even though you don't know who Joel Grey is, just please. Just. Oh. <laughs> it's so it's so good. But anyway, but anyway, move it so, back to back to this musical theater. I feel like yes. there was like some, wait, there was one more freaking thing. There was one more layer of it that I wanted to that I was thinking about. the The thing that I wanted to talk about is that is this um, phenomenon of the sing-alongs that have come out of. I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah. I've seen you tweet about it a lot. Oh yeah, I'll bet you. <laughs> Wait, so there are Hamilton sing-alongs, even without a thing to watch the way that, like, you know, there are Rocky Horror or even Sound of Music sing-alongs, but, like, you have a movie to watch. Right, sure, yes. So with Rocky Horror, you could just go, even just go to the show. Right. uh, Even, like, when it was on Broadway, people were still going and and yelling. They they encouraged us to do it um, uh, when they did the Rocky Horror stage show. Um, And then, yes, you can go to the movies and you can do a sing-along at the movie with the bouncing ball. But with Hamilton, people just and it started as like casual get togethers at people's houses and then everybody would just take a turn and it would be a setup with like a one mic and like a karaoke machine and like play the play the soundtrack and sing along. And then it became bigger and bigger and bigger. And there have been several three or four in San Francisco alone. And then there are ones in Chicago and in L.A. And these are Hamiltoons, right? Isn't that what it's called? They're called Hamiltoons. They're often wow. hash- they're hashtagged Hamiltoons SF. Um, the first San Francisco one that I went to was at a very, very large bar with a stage, um, El Rio, and in the Mission. And um, it was packed. It was hundreds of people packed into this room together. I uh, only a few of us were in costume. I was one of them. Um, Just like colonial type costumes, like in the show. Uh huh. Yep. Yes. Awesome. Ma'am. Yes. Um, I was very consciously going for like an Alexander Hamilton look. My hair is the right <laughs> length. I'm Armenian, so I have some facial hair. Like you know, it, it was you know. So I was like, so it was, and it's this one. It's this wonderful. Um, 
it was like being at a at a rave. It was like a, a it was really like a like wow. a like an emotional almost. It sounds like I'm overstating it, but no, I, I, I believe this. If okay, I can imagine like this a, now. Like a live performance where everybody is like together and you're all love oh, each yeah. other. Like it was like a religious experience in that we were all there together. Everybody was so supportive of each other. Um, Everybody was cheering for one another. Everybody was singing along. It wasn't like karaoke. Everybody sang to every song. It's just that some people had the mic. Um, I've been, wow. I'm a devotee of live screenings of The Room, which, so I can okay. understand. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with the religious fervor of these so, shared yeah. experiences. So nobody yeah. was yelling, you're tearing me apart, Eliza, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm so glad that's not a line in Hamilton. Oh my gosh, I, I definitely now need I to would, see Tommy Wiseau as as Hamilton. Oh, not let yeah, Manuel Miranda ruin gone. everything. <laughs> Ew. So, um, like, I was dressed like Hamilton, and in that opening number, when they said, "What's your name, man?" I was standing on stage. Oh I God. was front and center. There is a photo of me Alexander saying, Hamilton. "I am out." Uh, Al- Yo, Alexander Hamilton. My name is Alexander Hamilton. And the room went, Whoa! <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. And I just stood there and soaked it in, in a way that I, it's been years since I've been on stage in that way and had that experience. <laughs> you know, it's like a very, like, a, like that's what improvisers live for is group mind. And it was this group mind experience where, and these, I mean, and this is like, it's just being carried forward. It's very much like, you know, in the play, they make reference to the Occupy movement where they're saying, you know, I may not live to see today. I may not live to see our glory, but I will gladly join the fight. But I will gladly join the fight. That call and response thing is from mm-hmm. the Occupy movement. Huh. And these sing-alongs are also like a call and response. Oh, sure. It's amplifying the show. And it's it, was, it wasn't invented by the show. It was invented by people who just couldn't stand how much they loved the freaking show, you know? And yeah. you see, or you see that like we were at the at, at a at a um, zoo in um, Seattle, and uh, Penny goes, um, "Look, Mama, look!" And a woman had a Hamilton shirt, and that woman and I had a half hour conversation about <laughs> Hamilton, and we were like, "Yeah, like we were singing and dancing around, and like giraffes were looking at us, and <laughs> yeah, and it was Tacoma. It wasn't even Seattle. Yeah, that's what we were like. Well, Penny's doing and- an interpretive dance." <laughs> No, and I mean, I I have, you know, I've certainly never been to a Hamilton, but I have to some extent, I have on a very much smaller scale experienced the like, the infectious, like, obsessive uh, way that people seem to experience this show again in the form of the the. Uh, middle school girls that yep. I was at Harry Potter World with that I mentioned in the intro. Was that, who, were we taping? You have to tell that whole story because that's so adorable to me. Oh, that, we said that. <laughs> no, we did. Yeah, I guess we yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was talking about it in the intro. I was in Harry, I, Harry Potter World. I'm, um, I'm, I'm friends with these girls' mother. She was a professor of mine in journalism school. And um, and they're just they're just completely, completely absorbed and obsessed. I mean, they were talking about Hamilton constantly. They kept singing the songs. And like when they heard that I hadn't seen it, they decided that they needed to like expose me to Hamilton. And so like <laughs> they have and they had this whole little routine worked out um, among the group of them with the Schuyler sisters where like each one of them was one of the Schuyler sisters. And, like, it was I feel just, bad like, for a, whoever was assigned to be Peggy. It was there. a whole thing. I think it. I don't know. It might have been the youngest one or something. I don't, okay. I don't remember. <laughs> but it was just like such a whole 
thing because it's yeah. like they're so they like pos- stuff- they're like possessed with it. They can't Seriously. help it. And those gr- young women that age are going to be obsessed with something along those lines. Right? <laughs> they're going to memorize something. It's so much better for it to be Hamilton than for oh my it to God. be Jesse's girl. You know. <laughs> yeah. At. at- uh, for me, when I was their age, it was like Backstreet Boys. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like no, like, okay, I mean, shh, it's like, okay, uh, it's all great. Like, good for you. That's fine. But like the fact that it's Hamilton for some kids oh. is like, it's just so beautiful. And they're like engaged with yes. history. Oh, yeah. It makes me so happy. And they're like, and the, and the relationship between those three sisters is so beautiful. Like when Angelica, yeah. like it's such a, be- like it's. This is where it does pass the Bechdel test. You know, Eliza is upset and Angela comes walking in and freaking Alexander is so full of himself that he's like, Angelica, thank God someone who understands what I'm struggling here to do. And she's basically like, you must be out of your goddamn mind. I'm not here for you. I am not here for you. I am Solange and I am here for Beyonce. Out of my way. We're not having a conversation. Oh my God. I'm not here for you. I know my sister like I know my own mind You will never find anyone as trusting or as kind I love my sister more than anything in this life I will choose her happiness over mine every time Put what we had aside, I'm standing at her side You can never be satisfied, God, I hope you're satisfied You know, get out of this elevator (laughs) (laughs) I think he broke everything. Best Emily. analogy ever. Um, it's, oh, God, I'm so sorry. Lulu! Oh, it's all falling apart. Um, yeah, so like, there is this like beautiful relationship between... I often ask people, at what point do you start crying? Because everybody starts crying. And for a lot of people, like it, it just touches you where you are. It's going to touch you somewhere. And obviously, it's devastating when Philip dies. I only... I can't stand to listen to it. Um, but... The part that makes me cry tears that feel good and that I love and that I want to cry over and over again is that moment when the sisters are reunited and they go. Angelica, Eliza, Skylar sister. And you know, my sisters and I live across the country from each other. Mm-hmm. And when we do see each other, it's like that. And then, and then he's standing back. This is something he can't touch and he never had. He doesn't have a family like this. And he just goes, the Skyler sisters, you know, in that soft voice. And also admiring. no Peggy in that reunion as well. There's kind of She's a long dead. silence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, they, but they, they don't have yeah, to they say it. Yeah, they leave the silence. They, they never say it, at least yeah. not in the music. Maybe they say it in exposition. But no. like in the music, you just, just you, you your brain automatically fills in exactly what Actually, happened, which, is, which yeah. is so sad. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I cry every time I listen to it because I think of, my sisters and my girlfriends and the women in my life and you know how you know you marry your husband you don't marry your best friend who's living in you know boulder or whatever and you're i don't know that gets me every time anyway (laughs) women women (laughs) women rock I'm falling apart. I'm at the point where I've been talking about Hamilton for so long that all I can do is like just quote lines from it and then have a dumb grin on my face. Eric Eric has experienced this before because it's what talking like talking about musical theater is like with me. (laughs) Where like I just lose the ability to talk and just start dropping random lines of lyrics. Like, (laughs) 
And I got I'm sorry to break this to you, but I, you're, you're fired. I'm gonna hire Amy to be my new podcast co-host because she can clearly, you know, just. <laughs> I, can, I can get just as geeky, and I can sit right next. Fine. To you. Fine. Fine. Be that way. No. You no. must be out of go. your goddamn mind. I'm doing it with Emily. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, that's actually the more Eric logical. Eric is out. <laughs> it was a good run. Damn it was a good run. The while patriarchy. Last <laughs> Let's do an all-lady podcast. Yeah. All ladies. Oh, they would know um, that. Regardless, regardless of whether or not the roster is changing for the next season, this is the end of season four of Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. Oh, that's true. Uh, whole season. Yes. Uh, But thank you so much, Amy, for joining us for what's what's a very special. What I'm now realizing is going to be a very long to edit episode. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, no, do not apologize. No, don't apologize. This was fantastic. We all loved Hamilton clearly. (laughs) Yeah, we we, and and we we are just as much a part of the uh, we we are encouraging your addiction here. So. The show's about. I am so happy. We are proud for you guys. Hamilton enablers. I, yes. am, I am so pleased for you two and for anybody who listens to this um, <laughs> to like just come aboard. Like, don't wait. Don't wait one more day. Don't wait until you're going to see it. Don't don't try to put it off. Like, you're going to need to listen to it as many. There will always be something new. <laughs> there is no spoiler that can take away from the uh, emotional impact of this show. Well, I mean, it won't be spoiled until Tommy Wiseau plays Hamilton. I think after that, then it's officially dead. That'll spoil it in a very different way. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. We will be back uh, with season five. We'll be back. In in a couple of weeks. Yes, we'll be back. Uh, But until then, Amy, where can we find you online? Oh, uh, no, you can find me on Twitter at Madfoot. At Madfoot, M-A-D-F-O-O-T. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at HeyHeyESJ. Emily, where can we find you online? I'm on Twitter at EJ Reports. All right. Well, Amy, thank you again for joining us for, for, yes, for the season you. finale Thanks here. Thanks for letting me talk about Hamlet this long. You mean Hamilton. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think you've officially. <laughs> Let's really do that again because, you know, that's a, that's a thing that's on his Twitter feed. What is? A woman um, pulled up next to him on a, like 181st Street and yelled out the window, congratulations on Hamlet. And he, she goes, I think you mean Hamilton. And she goes, yeah, that. Congratulations. And drove off. <laughs> anyway. All right. This is Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. Signing off. So there will be a revolution in this century. Enter me. He says in parentheses. Don't be shocked when your history book mentions me. This has been Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. For more, visit gvnpodcast.com. And I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. And yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away.